this evening we are looking at verse 17 of the second chapter of the first epistle of John. And this is what it says. The world is passing away and also its lust, but the one who does the will of God lives forever. If you notice, this is another third reason why John says we must not love the world. In verse 15, that commandment came, do not love the world or anything in the world. And in that verse, he gave us the first reason why we should not love the world, where he said, if anyone loves the world, then the love of the Father is not in them. He said, we cannot love God and the world simultaneously. Hey, this is not possible. Then verse 16, he said, for everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, comes not from the Father, but from the world. So in this verse, he gave us the second reason for not loving the world. He said the system of values in the world are contrary to God's values. It's a different value system. So if you belong to God, you cannot belong to that value system as well. And this evening, he is giving us the third reason for not loving the world. And he's saying the world and all that it has is in the process of passing away, or is it, this is a transitory phase. This is not the permanent thing. As a result, we must focus our attention on that which is permanent. If you notice in verse 17, you have a passing away and you have a forever. So this is a contrast that he gives over here, where he says, you know, the world is transitory, the world is temporary. But there is something that is permanent, and that is our love for God and being with God forever. So that's the focus of our study this evening. Now, when we love anything more than the true and living God, we are worshipping it. And John is saying, hey, that is not going to last because that is all very, very temporal. Now, we can you know, plan for our lives here, not thinking that we are going to live forever, but no, time is passing. You know, we are not going to be permanent dwellers in this world. So, if you notice, you know, John, when he spoke about do not love the world, when we did that study, we understood what the world is all about. The world is both the physical cosmos, you know, which has the order of the universe, and also the world's pattern of thinking, you know, the world's attitudes, its pursuits, its pleasures, its practices, you know, it, uh, its uh, world system, as it were, which is anti-God and anti-Christ. So what John is saying over here is, this is the, the present world is going to be not permanent, it's going to be removed. Sometimes people think, you know, that this world is all going to be forever. No, the scripture speaks about a new heaven and a new earth. Sometimes people also think this world's value system is what is going to be permanent. No, no, that value system is also going to be removed. Where Christ himself will rule the earth, it will be God's value system here on earth. So he's saying, you know, weigh your pros and cons. Look at what is temporary and look at what is permanent. What is temporary may glitter and sparkle and seem very, very desirable. But in the end, you know, it is just an empty bubble. 
when we have been looking at this study in the book of uh, Ecclesiastes, we have been understanding this important truth that life here on earth you know, is just a smoke, is just a breath. So as a result, our focus has to be not on what the world is offering. Our love has not to be for the world and what is offering. Our love has to be for God who is definitely permanent. Okay. So, when you're speaking about, you know, the world and its lust pass away, pass away, you know, the emphasis over here, it's, it's in the process, you know, it will pass away, okay. It has not yet passed away, but it is on the way to being passed away, okay. So, never think about anything here or not, whatever the world has to offer, whether it's pleasures, whether it's value systems, whatever the world has to offer, it is not a and it is not a permanent thing. The world is a temporary system, and there are more lasting values than those of the world. Now it's interesting when you know uh, Adam and Eve had their first child, and you know, Eve called his name as Cain. Cain basically means, you know, that I've got a, a possession. God has given me something, okay? But when the second one was born, the name Abel actually means vanity, you know, or just a breath, you know. That's the word that is used, by the way, in the book of Ecclesiastes when it says vanity, vanity, all is vanities, you know. It's the word Hebel, which speaks about, you know, it is just a vapor, it is just a breath. So, what uh, in, uh, uh, Psalm 144 and verse 4 is an interesting word where, where it says, man is like to vanity, okay? Man is like to vanity. The Hebrew you know, actual wording over there would be, Adam is as able, okay? Adam, speaking about another you know, the word for you know, man, and vanity, the word that is used there is hebel or able. So, in one sense, you know, when the first son was born, it was a thinking, hey, now things are going to be permanent here. They lost out on Eden. They thought now it is all going to be permanent. But somewhere before the second was born, you know, the understanding did come in that life here on earth is just a breath. So, the second one was named as Abel. So, this is the understanding we must also have in our lives. Maybe when a person is younger, he thinks, oh, I have so many years to live, this is what I'm going to live for. But definitely, as you grow older, you definitely recognize that you're not going to live forever, okay? So, whether it's a young person or an old person, this understanding that the world and its lust is passing away, passing away. It's only a puff, it's only a vapor. It's only a bubble. It is only a mirage, if you were to say. If a person thinks that hey, this is what life is all about, I'm going to hold on to it. You know? John says, hey, be careful. Don't focus your attention on that. But, if you notice, there's a but over there, isn't it? But he who does the will of God lives forever. So this is where the contrast is coming. Remember, every time there's a but in the Bible, you know, you have to study it from the contrast angle. What went before? Now, what is opposite to that? The world and its lust is not permanent, is passing away. But he who does the will of God lives 
forever. Doing the will of God. That is what God is asking us to do. He's saying, focus our attention on that which is permanent. Lay not up for yourselves treasures here on earth, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Because that is the one that is permanent. That is the one that is permanent. Now, if you notice Jesus in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 7 and verse 23, when he tells those individuals who said, Lord, did we do this in your name? Didn't we do that in your name? All that was living for the world, for their own popularity, for their own love of the world and its lust. That is why he says, depart from me, you know, you evildoers, you know, I never knew you. I never knew you. So John, when he's saying, you know, he who does the will of God, he's speaking about an individual who knows God. It's not a question of, you know, okay, here's a person who is saved and then somewhere along the line, he did not you know, uh, respond to God. So as a result, he's lost forever. No, he's speaking about the sign of an individual who knows God. Remember, right from the beginning, we have been saying the purpose of this episode is to confirm the experience of genuine believers in the midst of heretics who are saying, hey, you have to do this, you have to do that. That is what salvation is all about. So John is saying over oh, yeah, here, the one who has this mindset, not the mindset of the world that thinks that this world is everything, but the mindset of God which says, you know, doing God's will, what pleases God, that is a person who <laughs> lives forever. That is a person who lives forever. That is a sign whether you really, if you were to say, are a believer. Do you really love God so much that your heart's desire is, Lord, I want to do that which you want me to do, not what the world tells me to do. That's a sign the scripture tells us, isn't it? If you love me, you will keep my commandments. You will keep my commandments. You will be in the will of God. Your desire will be to do the will of God. And if that's your heart's desire, the Lord says, you will get the permanent place, you know, to be with God forever. But if your focus is on this world saying, thinking this is permanent, when this is all taken off, you would definitely be the loser. Couple of important you know, application questions from you know, uh, A.W. Ping's commentary on the exposition of 1 John. Questions that we can ask ourselves to evaluate whether we love the world or we love God. Okay, let me read these questions to you as in a self-examination of our lives this evening. Number one, which do you seek with more fervor? Is it the wealth and the honors of the world or the riches of grace and the approval of God? You know, what do you seek more? Worldly wealth or heavenly wealth? Secondly, which have the greater attraction? The pleasures of the world, which are only for a season, are those pleasures at God's right hand, which are for all eternity. What do you really, what really gives you pleasure? Thirdly, wherein lies your confidence? In the money you have in your bank account, or in investments, or in the living and faithful God who has promised to supply all your needs. Where is your security? Are you saying I've got all this in my account and investments, so my life is secure? 
or is your confidence in God? That again will show you what is your priority. Fourthly, what causes the deepest sorrow? A temporal loss or a break in your fellowship with God? <coughs> what upsets you more when you have lost something material or you have missed out, you have gone away in your relationship with God? What causes you more sorrow? Fifthly, upon which do you get more joy? What brings you joy? When you spend money for personal comforts and luxuries or for spending money to further the gospel? And finally, what most dominates your mind, your thoughts, and your schemes? Is it after worldly ad advancements or resolutions and efforts to grow in grace and in the knowledge of God? So, the question then this evening would be, which choice would you make? Would we love the Father or will we love the world? Now, definitely we would say we have made up that you know, we have made up our choice. We know we are going to love God, <laughs> definitely. But we need to continue to maintain it. You know? We need to make sure that we don't yield to the temptations of the world, but continue to do the will of God. Remembering that the world is a temporary system. There's nothing permanent about the values of this world. If you notice, you know, public opinion keeps changing all the time, isn't it? You know? So that constantly keeps changing. But the only thing that is permanent is our relationship with God, our love for God, and the fact of we would live forever with Him. So if you're going to weigh the pros and cons and decide, hey, in the light of eternity, that is what is more important. Then you would say, I'm going to live my life here, depending upon that. So make sure that nothing of the world will draw you away from him. Let's bow our heads in prayer together. Father, we thank you, Lord, for these three things that you have been teaching us over this period of last three weeks, three reasons why we should not love the world knowing that we cannot serve two masters, we cannot love you as well as love the world, knowing that the world's value systems are so opposite, contrary to your value systems, and knowing, Lord, that this is only temporary, help us, Lord, not to focus on these things, but focus our attention on that which is eternal. You have done so much for us, Lord. You have given your very life for us. And as a result, we pray that you would find us as individuals who have weighed the pros and cons, made up our mind, and continue to make that, maintain that choice in our lives, in spite of pressures around us, in spite of allurements around us. We pray, Lord, that you'd find us as individuals who will be true to you till the very end, because your word tells us, you know, if we are seeking to do your will, then we would live forever. Thank you, Lord, for the assurance that you have given to us that life does not end here on earth, but there is a life forever. And help us, Lord, each day to look forward for that time and so live our lives here on earth. Thank you for this time and for your word to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.